Should Aaron Rodgers have a say, an actual say, in what receivers make the Green Bay Packers in 2022? Plus, Big Bob Tunyon gets candid about wondering himself, why can't this team get over the proverbial hump and get back to a Super Bowl? You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. So I was thinking about this Aaron Rodgers question, and I was thinking about it because Aaron uh, yesterday went out of his way to praise Romeo Dobbs and Juwan Winfrey. Now he said 87 and 88, which is just like one of those great quarterback things, one of those things that coaches will do. Uh, anytime you want to praise someone and you want to mute that praise just a little, you call them by their number instead of their name. It is it is a thing that like every coach does it is a thing that quarterbacks do. It's a thing that defensive backs do when they're talking about receivers or defensive players, when they're talking about offensive players and vice versa. It's just one of those things. And if you've ever been on a team, you know, it is in it's it's a, an endearing kind of thing. But it's it's not um, a full throated endorsement the same way. Uh, so he said some nice things about Jawan Winfrey, about Romeo Dobbs. Mm, maybe not Christian Watson, but Christian Watson's going to make this team. About Amari Rogers, we know Alan Lazard. A full throated endorsement of Alan Lazard as the number one receiver. Randall Cobb is going to make this team. And so I was thinking about Sammy Watkins. Is he a lock to make this team? There is some salary cap savings. If he does not make this team, has Samori Toure done enough? And I think this question might get answered by special teams anyway, because they might just not have enough receivers who, who can play special teams to keep Sammy Watkins on the field. If Alan Lazard is your number one receiver, he can't play special teams. Not, not like kick coverage. He's not going to be the punt gunner. He's not going to be the end man in punt protect. So that's not going to happen. Randall Cobb, maybe punt returner, but again, he's not going to be on kick coverage teams. He's not going to be on punt coverage teams. He's not going to be on kick return in all likelihood. Maybe a kick return special. Amari Rogers, maybe as a returner, but probably not on the punt team again. So you're running out of guys to do this. Romeo Dobbs, if he's going to be a real part of this offense, you can't put him on some of these teams. He might be the team's punt returner, but that's a different kind of thing. He's not going to be one of those guys running down on kickoffs trying to make tackles, even though there's fewer and fewer tackles to be made. So it might just be the case that the numbers say Sammy Watkins might not make this team. This was a conversation that I was having with some, with some media friends. 
And I, they said Watkins might not make this team. And I was like, well, don't they have to run that by Rogers first? And I was, I was like half kidding. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that a decision like that is actually exactly the kind of thing that Aaron Rodgers has been openly advocating for for years. If you're going to move on from a veteran, why not talk to me, especially if it affects my job? Now, he was more talking about the Josh Sittens, the TJ Langs, the Jordy Nelsons, guys who are on the offensive side of the ball who directly affect his job. But he also mentioned, remember, in that screed in the press conference, he also mentioned guys like Micah Hyde, you know, um, Clay Matthews. He wanted to be he wanted to be um, consulted on potential impact in the locker room and all these things. I have <laughs> I have been slow to say, yes, give Aaron Rodgers personnel power the same way that the Buccaneers gave um, Tom Brady some say over what receivers they drafted. Like apparently the Jalen Darden pick was in part because Tom Brady wanted Jalen Darden. And by the way, he might not even make this Bucks team. The Bucs went out and, and signed Russell Gage and Julio Jones and, and these guys. Darden is probably not going to be a, a fixture on this team, if at all. Might not even make this team. And he might not have a, a role on the Bucs, even if he does, until after, his Bra until after Brady is playing in Miami somewhere. I don't think that is the right way to do it. But in these moments... One of the reasons why you got Sammy Watkins and you did it before the draft was insurance, right? On if you can't find the right guys in the draft and even, even if you draft someone, you want to make sure that one of those guys can play if you take multiple. And I think the Packers always believed they were going to take two, if not three. I said that four months, right? That they were going to take a couple of these guys, despite the fact that there was a lot of cynicism of like, oh, I bet they don't take anybody. Oh, I bet they don't take them in the first. And I was, you know, I wasn't always convinced they were going to take one in the first. I suggested they probably would. They they kind of did, you know, in the a pick in the 30s, they traded up to get a first round player. Sort of similar. Now, if we're just trying to game out, if Sammy Watkins is one of the, you know, like the six or seven best receivers on the team, that's fraught because we're probably not going to see Sammy Watkins in preseason. And he's probably not even going to get that much run, you know, in the full 11 on 11s relative to Dobbs and some of these other guys. How does that affect the way that we can predict? It's, it's fraught a little bit, right? So the Christian Watson injury is if we're just trying to logic our way into this, complicates this. I think it would have been relatively straightforward to make the case against Sammy Watkins with the Romeo Dobbs, his, his vertiginous rise. You have Lazard, you have Cobb, you have Amari Rogers. Those four guys are going to be a part of your football team, but maybe none of them are special teams players. So now you need a special teamer, right? And Christian Watson makes five. So you have um, you have someone that you need to play special teams, Juwan Winfrey. That's six. Now it's between Sammy Watkins and Samori Toure for seven. Well, are you going to put another person on the roster 
that doesn't play special teams. I think that becomes really difficult. Now, the fact that Christian Watson might not be ready to go, that, you know, he's not, I mean, we're a, a month from the season starting, but if he gets no game reps, if he gets no practice time or, you know, just a couple days in training camp before final cuts, how can you feel comfortable with him going into the season? He might start the year on PUP, especially if Dobbs looks like he is ready to contribute right away. You feel fine saying, Christian, take your time. And then it, it also becomes easier to keep Christian Watson or excuse me, Sammy Watkins. It's not going to be the last time I, I confuse those two. I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm, I'm on uh I'm on some some drugs for a cold I have. My brain is not functioning at its highest capacity right now. Anyway, I, like there's there is a logical way to get to I don't know. Sammy Watkins doesn't make this team. You have to talk to Rodgers about it. You have to if he feels comfortable. He again he's gassed up John Winfrey, gassed up Romeo Dobbs. We know he loves loves Lazard, and Amari Rodgers and Randall Cobb are making this team. Christian Watson is making this team. So you go to Aaron and you say, okay, Aaron, do you feel good enough about these other guys to where it makes sense to move on from Sammy Watkins? We could really use the extra help to keep an offensive lineman, especially if, you know, Bach or Ellen Jenkins are somewhat close to being ready. You have to take a 53-man roster spot, but they might not play until, you know, week three. Or week two. Um, or maybe they're right on the cusp. Eh, we don't know. Two or three weeks. Maybe it would make sense to have that extra spot and go, okay, well, we think the better use of resources are here. I think there's a reasonable way to go there. And I think Aaron Rodgers would see reason. I don't think, based on what everything that we have seen and heard, it's not like Sammy Watkins is just like blowing everyone away at training camp. And it sounds like it's been the Dobbs show and the Alan Lazard show that those are the two guys who have really elevated themselves. We know Randall Cobb is going to be a part of this offense. So if you have those three guys, Amari Rodgers has taken a little bit of a step. You've invested heavily in Christian Watson just from a developmental standpoint. If you feel like those three guys plus Big Bob Tunyon, it seems like he's getting close. He's getting close. We know Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon are going to be a big part of this passing game. So if all those things are true, maybe the thing that makes the most sense is for Sammy Watkins not to make this team. If Romeo Dobbs was a little more up and down, if he was having a flash once a week instead of once a day, I think it would be easier to say Sammy Watkins has got to be on this team. Now, you, you can really make that choice. But again, I think it is a choice that can only be made with the sign-off of Aaron Rodgers. He has to be able to tell you, if because if, if you go into the season, you have to know he's going to throw to these guys. So if Romeo Dobbs has earned that trust, and Christian Watson, he assures you, okay, when Christian gets back, he picked up the offense quickly. When he gets back, it's, it's good. I'm going to throw to him. Juwan Winfrey, I like what he's been doing. He's had a really good camp. That's what he said to reporters. We'll see if he would say that behind closed doors. We don't know, right? 
if you trust those guys, if you would actually throw to those guys, then I think Rodgers could sign off on something like that. But you, you have to go to him because he is going to be the best gauge of trust. The trust is vital here with Rodgers and his receivers. And the only person who can tell you for sure is Aaron Rodgers. All right, we're going to talk about something very interesting that Robert Tunyon said on a podcast uh, a couple of days ago. But first, let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to check on all your betting needs, find your favorite sports events at the number one source for online lines and games. Find reviews and news of every league, Major League Baseball, NFL futures, NBA futures, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top. I didn't like that shade, even golf. Golf is really fun to bet on, really, really fun to bet on. And your sports wagering information, get it all at live in-game betting opportunities. Really fun. Also really fun in golf, but but extra fun in football too. Uh, bet Online has everything that you could need from a gambling perspective. Bet Online, use your mobile device to learn more about the, the action and the trends. Bet Online, where the game starts. I've had better ad reads than that one. I have. I have. I'm just going to be honest with you. I have. It's training camp for all of us, guys. We're trying to get we're trying to get in the in the groove again on this. Speaking of being in the groove. <laughs> Robert Tunyon said some pretty um I wouldn't say scathing things. I, I he was very candid in a discussion um, I believe it was on Bussin' with the Boys. It's a Barstool Sports podcast um, where he said, you know, he was wondering, why can't we get over the hump? NFC Championship game, he said three years in a row. I think they felt like beat the 49ers and you're going to the Super Bowl. And he said, you know, I was in Green Bay rehabbing with them last year. And despite the fact that we kept winning games, this is Tanyan speaking, and I'm paraphrasing. We didn't stay in in tune with our identity, got down on ourselves, and didn't play basically to our ability because of it in the playoffs. And I, I heard from a lot of fans pushing back on this. This makes no sense. If you're winning games, how could you be getting down on yourselves? The fans were really excited. All this stuff. To me, it is highly highly logical for a team that wins games to get stuck in the negativity when everyone knows the fans, the media, the coaches, the players that this might be the last year Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. This might be the last year Devontae Adams is the receiver. This might be the last year Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith are on this team. This might be it for Billy Turner, Adrian Amos. Didn't turn out to be for Adrian Amos, but still, it could have been. That amplifies the pressure. And if you remember down the stretch, the Packers had some really nice wins. They also had some really dispiriting wins where you let the Browns back into it. You let the Ravens come back on you. You lose to the Lions in a game where your defense can't get stops early. Now, some trick plays, to be sure. You're going, yeah, we're winning these games, but we're not playing to our standard. And we need to play better if we want to win the Super Bowl. 
I understand getting bogged down in that feeling of why is this not the way that it should be? We're talented. Why is it not the way that it should be? If I were on that team, I certainly would would understand feeling that way. That's without the pressure. Just why isn't this clicking the way that we thought it should? Defensively, all of this talent, why isn't it working quite as good as it should? Offensively, all this talent, why are there these lulls? Where are the big plays that, that were in 2020? Why is the running game not working out the way that it should? Why do you keep losing teammates, crucial teammates, Elton Jenkins, David Bakhtiari? Why can't Dave get back on the field? I can understand getting down on yourself. It's not like they finished the season beating teams by 20. You go back to that 2010 Super Bowl run. They beat the Giants in a must-win game decisively. They beat the Bears in a must-win game pretty decisively. And then you, you go into the playoffs feeling really good about your team. They get hot and they go do their thing. That mindset is, is crucial. Now, how do you change that? Tanyan talked about staying true to your identity. I think you can say that they, they overthought it in the playoff game. And I think they, they in some ways tried to get back to their identity a little too much and just say, okay, here are the staples. Let's just be very basic and just run the stuff that we know can work. Now, part of that is you've got Dennis Kelly in there at right tackle. We've talked about that stuff, and those were mistakes to handle it the way that they did with the offensive line. That's not what Tunyon is talking about, I don't think. He's talking about attitude, about swagger, about believing that the only team that could beat you is you. The problem is, they did that. They beat themselves. They beat themselves against the 49ers. And I think you can make the case they beat themselves against the Buccaneers as well. They just weren't good enough in, in 2019. Like that team was not an NFC Championship caliber team. Yes, they went 13-3. and three. They weren't that. They weren't that, that top four, final four kind of team. Now, plenty of teams get to the final four that aren't that. I didn't think the Bengals were one of the two best teams in the league last year. But they got to the Super Bowl. The underlying data, by the way, confirms that. Like the Packers, when they were a six seed, they went to the Super Bowl and won it. The underlying data said they were much better than that. They weren't down by more than a touchdown that entire season. Think about that. So for the Packers, how do you keep that identity? Who's And who's in charge of that? Who makes sure you're staying true to yourself? Well, it's Matt LaFleur. It's Matt LaFleur first and foremost. The coach has to set the tone every single day. And he has to do with play calling, with play design. I think part of that is making sure you have, you have fresh ideas, that you're constantly being self-critical. Now, I think the Packers do a pretty good job of self-scouting. It seems like Joe Barry and Matt LaFleur have a really good rapport that they can bounce ideas off each other. You had Nathaniel Hackett, though. Now he's gone. There, there are some big shakeups. I wonder if these shakeups actually have positive effects on this team because it's not the same group. It's not just, okay, well, that was last year's team. We got to do the same thing, but better. I think offensively, they were they were annoyed that it didn't look like it did in 2020. I think defensively, they were annoyed that they weren't playing to the level of their talent. They know how talented that team is. 
You can't let Baker Mayfield come back on you. You can't let Tyler Huntley come back on you. Come on. And so you're winning these games, but not playing to your potential. That can wear on you, especially when you know the only thing truly that matters is that ring. And that is its own kind of pressure because that can lead to you losing focus in the third quarter of a game where you're up two scores or the fourth quarter of a game where you're up three scores. It can cause you to lose focus in a week 18 game that doesn't really matter, but you're going to play starters anyway so you can get David Bakhtiari on the field. You can get Devontae Adams uh, the, the the Packers receiving record and you can quote unquote stay fresh. Well, that didn't work. And not just because David Bakhtiari got hurt. The offense looked disjointed. It didn't, it, it didn't look like a team that was trying to stay sharp. It looked like a team that was trying to get Devontae Adams the record. And then it looked like a team going, oh crap, we haven't done anything because we're not playing with purpose and with focus. So let's go try and do something at the end of the half. I don't, I don't have a good answer for how you fix this. Identity, what does that mean? But this also is about the players on your team. If you're Aaron Rodgers, you have to help this team stay loose. You have to help Matt LaFleur stay in the pocket. If you're Jair Alexander, exactly what he's been doing all camp. Bring the energy, bring the fun. Rashawn Gary, bring the energy, bring the fun. Make sure, yes, it's a business and these are business trips. You're going to win football games. This team is at its best when they're having fun. Aaron Rodgers is at his best when he's having fun, when he's toying with defenses. Now, that's another way of saying when he's playing well. But I think it's there is a controlled aggression that is fun, and that's what they do. They, they play with verve. And when they lose that, you have to have someone that's able to say, we got to get back to this. And I would love Alan Lazard, step into a leadership role. Would love that. Big Bob Tunyon, would love for him to be part of the solution on this. Not saying he was part of the problem or wasn't trying to be part of the solution last year. I'm just saying, you've been on this team long enough now. The Packers re-signed you amid ACL recovery. So, Go be part of the solution. Would love that. That would be such a cool arc for Tunyon, who comes undrafted, um, you know, doesn't get a lot of opportunities early on, has this breakout 2020 season, is starting to really click in 2021 and gets hurt. What a bummer. Okay, now he gets back in a contract year. He gets some money, even coming off the injury, and now he becomes a leader on this team, a playmaker. Awesome. That would be an awesome story. Whatever the reason, they've got to find a fix. Because the clock is ticking. The pressure is on. Presumably, if they had had answers last year, they would have implemented them. Did they find them between now and last year? Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait about six months to find out. All right, thanks to everyone who makes Locked On Packers your first listen. Now make Locked On Fantasy Football your second listen. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Vinny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. That one felt a lot better. That was a lot more to my identity, I thought. (laughs) 
<laughs> one little one little nugget, as I did yesterday. Um, at practice yesterday, the Packers once again lined up with Josh, Josh Nyman at left tackle, Royce Newman at right tackle, and Jake Hansen at right guard. Matt LaFleur has said these jobs are not permanent. Nothing is set in stone. It is interesting to me that we have not seen Yash more at right tackle. Because presumably, if David Bakhtiari, who should be the most likely of the two injured offensive tackles to be ready to go in week one, or even week two or week three or week four, <laughs> um, then wouldn't you want to get Yash some look at right tackle? He is your third best offensive tackle. Wouldn't you want to see him play some more right tackle if David Bakhtiari is going to be ready soon, which is what it seems like the Packers are saying. He's out there doing rehab work. Apparently, he's feeling much better this year than he did this time last year. All of that stuff. But could Elton Jenkins be ahead of him in recovery time? Could that be what's happening here? I don't know. This is, this is I wouldn't say it's getting weird. We know that there is this question about David Bakhtiari. I still think... The fact that they're they're giving Yash very little run at right tackle is strange. It's strange. If for no other reason than if it were me, I don't know. I might against Zedaria Smith and Daniel Hunter, I might just play Elton Jenkins at left tackle. And maybe they're gonna do that, by the way. They did this last year. They played this whole game. Elton Jenkins, oh, we don't know what position. And then week one, they needed a tackle. This was, I think, 2020, actually. And Elton Jenkins is out there starting a tackle. So it was 2020 because we knew he was going to play some tackle last year with Bakhtiari out. That could be what they're doing. This could all be part of a, you know, not a con, but something close to that where they're just trying to keep it under wraps. We'll see. Just something to keep an eye on. We'll be back tomorrow. Uh, more to cover here as we get ready for Friday night Packers 49ers. Uh, Jason Hirschhorn has a piece out today at The Leap about players with the most on the line here. Go check that out. The Leap is a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341. 3775 stay. Lock on Packers. <laughs>